Welcome to the Manager Matt podcast show. The show is designed to give you solutions to your day-to-day management and leadership problems. It's hosted by Matthew Haddock, a frontline manager and leader with over 25 years of experience. If you're ready, then let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Manager Matt podcast show, a weekly show designed for you as a leader and manager to get the results you've always wanted. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show so you can never miss an episode and share it with anyone else who might get the benefit. Right without any more delay, let's get on with this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's Manager Matt podcast show. I hope you're all very, very well and doing what you needed to do to get the best out of your people and get the results that you want. Um, This week's show, I want to talk around a a subject which is in the press quite a bit at the minute, which is a good thing um, because we're just... Either, well, it depends when you listen to this, but we've had our uh, International Mental Health uh, Day, which is a, a day where people take the time to consider the mental health of the people around them and themselves and the, and the family. And it's a good time to reflect on both you, yourself, you know, how you feel uh, at work, how you feel um, in life in general, and how your family are feeling and your loved ones around you, how are their mental health and your friends and also your team. You know, mental health is a big element of the work a leader needs to do in the the modern world. It's become a topic, thankfully, for for more of an open discussion. Um, I do remember, probably going back 10 or 12 years now, that um, I was in a, it was in a very, very different place. I think mental health definitely as as a subject was not talked about, wasn't really understood. Uh, I still think it it isn't well understood and, and in talked around as much as it could be, but going back 10, maybe 12 years now, I remember having a conversation around uh, a manager. So we were both about the same level, shift manager at the time. I won't mention where I were working. And uh, this one manager was talking around another colleague who'd had some issues. And, and looking back, he'd, he'd obviously had some mental health issues um, due to some pressure uh, at work and away from work. And he'd had some time off. And the other manager I was talking to basically said that in his view of the world and in the corporate world that he was living in, that that was the end of that guy's career. I mean, that's shocking, isn't it, when you think about it now? But his understanding was that due to the fact that he'd showed weakness almost, which, again, is such a dated idea, uh, that the pressure had snapped him and there was no way that anyone would trust him to lead a senior project or would or trust him to put into a, a position of leadership. And it, it, it's completely changed, thankfully, from those days. But it sounds so old-fashioned. It isn't even that long ago that those conversation we're having and I think that's still a legacy today when you talk around the impact of mental health and you talk around people and the people that you lead the managers you know that and especially men because you know we are going to get I'm going to get onto the topic of men and and their mental health but if they're seen as a weakness to have a mental uh, health issue or even asking for some support around an issue then obviously you can see why people aren't as open to coming forward and, and saying it because why would they? If they think it's going to be career ending, that the whole way of working, the way that they've been brought to a job would be finishing due to that. It sounds nonsense, but that's what people thought. And I think that's still around in some ways. And the impact of mental health, you know, the issue, you know, it's massive on a leader because it's around the people. And as I say on this cast all the time, the people are the people you need to deliver everything, you know. And if they're not in a good 
headspace and they don't have a supportive network around him and they can't feel that they've got your support or the support of your company, then you are going to have problems with that with those individuals performing. And of course, the moral implications of actually just doing the right thing for people. You want to be moral. You want to make sure you're looking after your people. And that's the basics of it. And what have, happens when you don't have a, a place of safety where people can feel that they are listened to and they have a chance to speak? Well, Firstly, you see absences go up. Now, here in the UK, figures just come out that the average person now is taking seven days per year off due to stress and mental health in some respects. I mean, that's an average. We know what statistics are like, but that's much higher than it's ever been, even higher than when we were in COVID. Suicide is the biggest killer of men under the age of 35. Now, that is a scary, scary fact. Uh, and in the world, you know, the... the re- Nowadays, you'd have thought there's so much connectivity, so much information, so much you can reach out and get help. You think that there'd be times where men, especially, as I say men, but obviously women, would be able to talk this through and, and get to the bottom of what's gone wrong. But it's even worse because the pressures of society have come on them. But let's, let's step away from the bigger society because there's the macro and the micro level. And let's look at what you do, what you as a manager do and, and how you as a leader in your business can approach mental health and how you can deal with it and maybe help uh, in the way you can improve uh, the way that you work out. First thing is, I always say look after yourself first. And that's not being selfish at all. That's just being making sure that if you are right in yourself, then you can help others. They always say on the plane, if you ever get on a plane, I'm sure you've all travelled on aeroplanes, they always say put your own safety equipment on first before you help others. So either your air mask, if it dropped from the sky. God, I don't know what I'd do if one of them masks dropped from the sky because I don't know how it, how it works. I'm always too scared of pulling it too hard and it coming off. Uh, but yeah, they always say put yours on first. Put your own mask on before you help others. And that's the same in this instance. You, you need to look after yourself you need to understand the pressures that you're on and the way that you can measure the pressure that you need to be at work. Pressure's not always a bad thing. You need the correct pressure to make you, you know, be successful. There's nothing wrong with that. But you need to understand what pressures are there and how much it's uh, affecting you. And is there a chance that you become burnt out and hit that point? You know, you're going to get pushed in work and the higher up the organisation you go, there will be expectations on you. Um, but one thing, and I remember doing some training on this because I am a, a fully trained uh, mental health first aider and it stuck with me around this idea of a bucket and you've got a bucket and it's starting filling with a funnel at the top and your bucket and your funnel are filling with the things you've got to do today. Not just at work, but outside of work, your, your, your children, your family, your social life, your bills are all piling into this thing. And at the bottom, you've got the ways you relieve it. So that might be through exercise. It might be through uh, social networks. It might be just in the work itself. And it, that's OK. You can balance this bucket, this funnel until it gets too much. And when it gets too much and, and the way you can vent it is becoming restricted or there's an issue or you've got more in this funnel than you had, then it overflows. And that overflow is when you become burnt out. The pressure gets to you and you have your own episode. So realistically, you need to make sure that you're right. And that means opening up, being okay with being vulnerable, speaking to people around it, have a good network of friends or family, and even work friends. There's nothing wrong with having a good work friend that you can talk these things through. And of course, having the confidence to speak to your bosses, or the, your boss, and, and talking them through what pressure is. And you know something, sometimes just taking some time away. Speak to your boss and say, this is too much. I've got a plan, but I need a bit of time. I think most bosses, or I would, especially being a boss, would respect people saying that. 
But you make sure that you are looking after yourself and you've got that, that right ones. And then, of course, it's down to your directs. So what are you doing with your directs? How do you make sure that they are right? How do you make sure that the things they do are not impacting on them too much in the mental health world? I mean, we keep people safe at work all the time. If you think of things you do, if you, you work anyway, you need to be looking at how you risk assess people, how you train them. Do you have the right guards in place to make sure that they're safe at work? Have they got the correct PPE? Is a safe working practice in place? You do all that, don't you? You would do all that and you do do all that as a, as a good leader. But when it comes to mental health, are we doing the same as a manager? You know, when you look at the idea of mental health in the workplace and for your directs, how do you manage that? How do you make sure that there is an open culture that allows people to come and speak? So how do you make sure people have an, a, a place where they come and talk and they are listen to, genuinely listen to, around their concerns. And there's a big talk of psychological safety. If you've got an area where people can feel safe, they can come and speak, they can talk things through, they've got an open relationship with you or their direct, you have a, a flexible way of working. You know, we've just come through a very difficult time in the world and flexible working has become very much the norm. How does that support? That doesn't suit everyone. You know that people who are in shop serving people or in restaurants or in a factory environment or a call centre, well, maybe not call centres as much now, but they, they do have to be in a place of work. So how do you make sure there's some flexibility around that? You know, there is certain um, amounts of movement you can do on, say, breaks or people's working patterns, starting early, finishing late, whatever that might be to suit them. So have you had those conversations to help people understand it? You know, is that physically safe? You know, is the environment that you've got people working, is it clean? Is it tidy? Is it too warm, too cold? Is it too dark? Have you done all them uh, normal, uh, what they call hygiene factors are right? You know, is, is the, the rest areas clean and, and ready for people to use? Is the food in the vending machines? And away from those kind of softer areas, or, or sorry, more tangible areas, you can move to the more softer ones. So, you know, do you have awareness and training? Awareness and training for people who are line leaders so that they, they i've just mentioned mental health first aiders in the uk that's a, a great way of doing it you train people up uh, on a course and they understand and they're first aiders exactly as a first aider would work in a uh, in a mainstream sort of area where you have first aiders to make sure physically they're not being hurt you can do the same with mental health first aiders who go there as a, as a point to get to in case there is any kind of issues you need to make sure there's information and services available because sometimes people won't want to talk in work, but they would like to speak to someone. So having a, a good um, organisational number that people can ring or a, a set up of lines of helplines that they can get to and the information's there so they feel they can reach out and speak around issues. Because a lot of the issues aren't going to be at work. They are going to be outside of work. Back to the idea of the funnel and the bucket, it's just going to get fuller and fuller. And you might just have 5% or 10%, which might be work, but the other 90% of the pressure in that bucket will be outside work. So they'll want to talk around those things and how we can help with those. You know, and other things around is, how do you make sure your work is stimulated enough? So because sometimes boredom can be a big driver in people's psychological feelings. If they don't feel part of a team, they don't feel like they're doing something useful, they feel that there's, they're bored, there's no interest, it's too repetitive, you know, they don't feel part of that bigger group and belonging. And that's definitely something as a leader you can work on. How do you get people to feel part of something bigger, enjoy it, get their feedback on it? And that leads into the last point on this, is around communications. Have people got information out there? Do they understand where the first aiders are, what they're there to do? Is there some sort of code of conduct 
that you should have in your business to make sure that people don't feel like they're being bullied or intimidated at work so they can feel psychologically safe? How do you communicate that out? You know, is that through briefs? Is that through newsletters? Is that through emails? How do you use that so that they know where to go to and confidentially can speak to someone? Uh, a lot of businesses have moved away from a traditional HR model where you may have had a human resources department, as you used to call it, or... Um, uh, I can't remember what they call them in the, in the days of old, but they, they were very much there as someone who could you could speak to. You know, you could go and see them um, around issues like this. It's a bit different now. A lot of companies have a different model with that, but your managers need to take that spot. You know, I, t- I always speak around being good one-to-ones, good feedback loops, making sure people know their people, open and willing to communicate, Kate, around these things. So have a look at how you do that in regards to that. Uh, and of course... You've got to think to yourself now, I've got some real responsibilities, as in health and safety, where most managers and leaders have got very much accountability for things. You've got to start thinking, you know, what as a manager can I do? You know, you know you've got to be looking at uh, the issues. What are the issues that are going to really affect the people around you? And have you used a risk assessment? Are you putting people in areas where it is a stressful environment that you've put too much pressure on them? You could do a mental health first aid risk assessment and look at where areas may or may not be a concern. And that's a really good starting point for you because then you can assess the risk like you would do with a physical risk and see what you can do to change it. Are people working long extended hours? I've definitely found um, in the last few months that the guys have really put a lot of effort in. And numbers of times I've gone up to them and said, you need to get yourself home a little bit earlier today. I've noticed you've done early uh, starts and late finish she's been on calls you've been really engaged and that's great and I want you to be engaged and I want you to be successful but actually I, I'm concerned and you know I, I think you should have some time off why do you take some time off and on the reverse I've had people in my team come saying I've had such a tough week Matt I'm thinking of having a Friday afternoon off I, I really just want to go whack some golf balls around I'm like go for it you just go for it thank you for having an honest conversation with thank you for opening up and you know you go enjoy that time because i know they've put the effort in i know they've put more than their hours in and given that little bit back and of course if you've got a risk assessment you've seen some risks then put a plan in place to try to fix those risks reduce those risks educate train and promote the idea that mental health isn't an issue in regard to promotion in regard to anything in that business like i said earlier the days have gone when it ends careers these are things that are affecting people all the time are things that can be dealt with if they're hit in the right way and treated in the right way i mean if someone's got a, a flu or cold or covid we wouldn't think that were it for an end of a career but for some reason there's still a bit of stigma about mental health and we do need to get people to be educated, train your teams to spot it, and then promote the fact that it's a good thing to do. And of course, plan to uh, plan the reduction of those risks you mentioned earlier. Is it around exposure time? Is it around personal strengths? Have your people got the right jobs? If you've got someone who's constantly under stress and feels like they're at breaking point constantly, are they in the right role? You know, realistically, are there something they should be somewhere else? Have their personal strengths and personal ideals not fit to the job they're in? And you can get that. People almost burn themselves out because they think they have to keep going against that wall. And sometimes you've got to stand away and go, this is really not for me. This is not the job. You've got to be open about that and help that person find the right role for them. And sometimes that might not be in your business. But isn't that better than someone having um, mental health issues in the future? I'll leave that question open for you to think about. And then 
as with HSE and so health and safety, we have KPIs. So why not mental health KPIs? How do we measure our engagement? How do we measure how much we've done to help people? How do we measure that uh, in tangible ways, but also in the intangible? How often do we get those conversations uh, that with people going to ask them? And of course, away from work, how often do you speak to your friends and families and just ask them how they are? Have you ever reached out and gone, how are you? Are you in a good place? What, what's happening in your world? Because that's also another way of getting people to open up. And really, if there is an issue, hopefully they'll come and speak to you. And I've spoke about mental health first aiders, those first line of, def- of defence, if you like, against that. You can use external support through occupational health, which is the numbers I've, I've spoke about. But of course, you've got to think of that mental health matters. Not mor- morally and ethically, it's the right thing to do. But it's also good for your business because it delivers the results you need because people feel better, they feel more engaged, they obviously feel well. You can't reduce it all. There is uh, challenges in our world and challenges within people that means that you can't fix everything. But you need to help those people because by doing that, you're going to reduce the amount of time they're away from work. You're going to reduce the fact that they don't enjoy the work, that they're actually being productive. You increase productivity. You're going to reduce the cost of sickness. You're going to have a more productive workforce. You obviously, you're going to have a happier workforce. They'll more feel wanted. They'll engage more in the future. So as we come to the end of this, I think there's a few things you need to take away. Firstly, how are you yourself? No, genuinely, how are you yourself? Have you asked yourself that question? And if you're not right, and you know that you're not right, and there's things that are bothering you, how are you going to get support? Because that's the first thing. And then how are your team? Have you done those basic risk assessments around, is it a right place for them? Have you done that idea of physically, is it a good place? Have you got an open culture to discuss things? Have you trained people to look for the signs? And have you communicated to people how and when they can get help? And of course, as every time I I do this podcast, genuinely, especially on this subject, if you've heard something and you really need to get some help or get some support or you do, then please reach out either to myself. I'd be really happy to help people, but also to anybody else around them. Have you asked for some support? Because the last thing I want you to do is listen to this and not do anything. And of course... To end the show, as I always do, I'd love to hear some feedback on the show and others. So uh, if you do feel like giving me some feedback, as it's a gift, then please email to managermatpodcast at gmail.com. I really would love to engage on new and old topics uh, around management, leadership and life in general. Well, that's it for Management this week. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this Manager Matt podcast. We hope you found it interesting, helpful and actionable. One last thing, please leave a quick review on iTunes or with your podcast provider as it helps to spread the word of Manager Matt. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast and if you did like anything in particular, send an email to managermattpodcast at gmail.com or visit managermatt.co.uk for more content. Feedback is a gift, so let's keep giving. See you next week.